Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. <clears throat> You're listening to the Sands Pants Network. Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, adventures, and ghosts. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this episode, we watched The Ritual. The Ritual is a 2017 British horror film directed by David Bruckner, written by Joe Barton and based on the novel of the same name by Adam Neville. It follows a group of old college friends who reunite for a hiking trip in Sweden, during which one of them is injured, causing them to decide to go off course and take a shortcut through a forest where a menacing and unfathomable presence awaits them. Boys. Yes. Sean. I'm a scaredy boy. Oh, there <laughs> oh, good it is. to have you back, buddy. Uh, it's just don't, don't go, don't leave your house. Frankly, <laughs> that's the lesson from this movie. It's good to have the real Sean back on this podcast. It was getting a bit, yeah. Also, Norse mythology. Come on, man, give me some Taika Waititi magic. None of this bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, rough, I, I, rough, yeah, rough. But also, I have to second what Tom said. So we watched this one all together, and. It warmed my heart to see you scared again, Sean. <laughs> to see you twitching in your seat, doing the why are we doing this, looking yeah. at socks, all the rest of it. It was good to have you back. When I when we're watching a movie and I go, why? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing yeah. this, boys? Do you guys just sort of go, this feels like home? There it is. It, <laughs> does. There it, it is. does, though. Like, And I think my theory, so far, based on the data available to us, uh-huh. my theory works. You are more likely to be... although. I'll put it to you, Sean. If you had watched this solo, finish your theory so people remember. What so it sorry. Is. The theory is, is when, <laughs> the theory is, is when we watch movies, when we watch them in isolation, you are braver. So my follow up question is though, if you had to watch this on your own, do you still feel like it would have had the same effect on you? Yeah, I think it would have. Mm. I think, but I, I do agree with you. The the group setting sort of adds to it because you feed off each other's fears. Yeah. I think a lot. Yeah. But yeah, if I watched it by myself, I still would have been scared. That's yeah. good to know. It is interesting. I do think like the you know we we've talked about the Tom Reed bump where usually watching a movie with Tom, who's so happy to just enjoy a movie for whatever vibe it's giving out, can help us feed on that and feel the same way and gets a bit of a bump in our rating. And I do think it's interesting for the three of us that uh, scary movies, obviously, yeah, when we watch them together, we're more scared. And I think that's true for a lot of people who watch horror in in a group. That's kind of the point is to all get scared together. But I can't help but think for like other more other more alpha machismo dudes, it's like they're all being like, nah, wasn't scared, whatever, bro, whatever. 
Where for us, we're like, oh, yeah, hanging with my lads. I'm more scared than ever. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. There would be bros who watch this together who'd be like cheering when the monster comes yeah, on the screen. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, exactly. It, it doesn't affect me. <laughs> yeah, but we, we are the opposite. We're the exact yeah. opposite. That's not, if, if you're, that's yeah. not this show. We're, no. Yeah. <laughs> we're not the big brave dogs. You know what would be funny? I'd like to look at our letterbox ratings for all the movies we do watch together, and mm. I think that nearly every time we're either the same star rating or within a half a star interesting or I yes i think it happens a lot yeah yeah and it's not a bad thing it's just yeah it's just it's it's kind of like when you watch a movie with your girlfriend often often you might have a pretty similar view right yeah I yeah think. i agree like it's rare that you i would watch a movie with you boys and have a completely different take because we are discussing it throughout and everything like that. Yeah. But it also shows like, so I, I teach a subject on critiquing TV. And one thing I tell the students is that like the ideal critic can be completely objective and not bring subjectivity to it at all. Yeah. But also the ideal critic doesn't fucking exist. Like none of us can be completely objective. We have to have some some subjectivity. And I was even talking to a mate about this today. And like, obviously even coming into a movie before you've seen the first frame, before you've seen the opening credits, that subjectivity is already taking place you've already got a bit of an idea of what it's going to be whether it's on reviews you've read if you've seen the trailer if a friend has liked it or hasn't liked it or all those sorts of things like already we're coming in with so much subjectivity so like it totally makes sense that the experience of watching it and who you're watching it with also plays a part on your eventual opinion of the film yeah so this one i picked this one for year of fear yeah and i've seen there's an image from this film and the image is um, sort of towards the end of the film when the the barn or the house is lit on fire and there's the creature in front of it lifting, I think, lifting a woman up. Yeah. And it's just beautiful. Like, the cinematography is incredible. The creature design is fantastic. Mm. I've seen that image pop up a lot. And for a long time, I didn't know what film it was. But I just remember looking at it and being like, oh, fuck me. That that just looks fucked. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm scared to watch <laughs> whatever that movie is. And yeah. I found out what the movie was and then... We've gone on to watch Here it, we but are. like, yeah. So going into the movie, I had sort of that to look forward to. I suppose. <laughs> like, I know at some point I'm going to have to experience that thing, and obviously the movie dragged along to it. Like it, it happened near the end, so I had to wait a yeah. long time for that <laughs> for that payoff. <laughs> they, they really, they really like hold their load in. Like it's not a you see glimpses of stuff, mm. but you really don't get a full on look at anything until the last fifteen to twenty minutes. Like once yeah. they get to the cult place and you know what's yeah. interesting about that and then it's that, the worst look ever yeah it's mm. sometimes you'll you'll finally get a look at it and it will deflate the rest of the movie right and then in hindsight you won't be as scared anymore and you'll be like ah that was shit yeah this is not one of those movies and no. it's kind of like a a bad film that we watched called antlers mm. which had incredible creature design yeah, fuck yeah, yeah right at the end there yeah and i was reading today about the ritual Del Toro wasn't involved, but his like chief guy who does a lot of his creature design was involved. Really? So both this and Antlers have had the Del Toro sort of creature stamp on it. And it's yeah. it's pretty telling that like it's just the best of the best at work, really. Hell yeah. Like yeah, it is amazing to see like anyone who's making a creature feature should get Del Toro or someone from his team on board. Like get those brains on there at some point. So we actually yeah. have like because it again it, it's similar to Antlers, like and that was a shithouse movie in terms of it, its story i think but the creature was amazing and it's so unique both of them are like even though they're pulling on obviously old mythologies but to to see them on screen in a way that is genuinely chilling like it gives that life to that mythology that i I don't think you would like this is what cinema can do is it in that it gives you this visual aspect that you can't have from just reading a mythology and it 
both of those, both this movie and Antlers, like nails that because both monsters are genuinely chilling. I think. I think that the takeaway from this is is that I love the idea of a filmmaker having a creature guy, like being like, "Yeah, just yeah. get my guy. Just you want a monster? Just get my guy. Get my guy in. He'll yeah. make you a monster. It'll scare the piss out of you. He'll add some real spooks to it. You're gonna hate. Yeah, it. it's gonna yeah, be great. Yeah. <laughs> the beauty of this creature too is that it it's got several layers because you see it at various sort of stages, mm. and then finally when they pull it all back and you see it. It's even when it like stands up and then it becomes like a completely different and even more horrifying thing. Yeah, great call. And then like human hands are coming out of its mouth and it's just like it's layered. It's it's just a really layered creature. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, so often I think we've seen a big build up. Mm. They're not showing a creature. And then when you finally see it, I will use like signs as an example. Right. When you finally see the alien too much, you're kind of like, oh, it's deflating. I'm not, am I supposed to be scared of this <laughs> yeah, alien? Yeah. Whereas this is just like, <laughs> I don't want to see any more of it. Because the more they show, the more it's like sprouting different things. Yeah. And, oh, it's yeah. It's, it's good. It's got real um uh, alien in alien. Like the more you see of those yeah. things, mm. the less you want to like it. The, the, not seeing like them in bits and pieces, you're like, oh god, oh god, and then you see them completely, and you're like, no, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I want to yeah. see just the none of it. It kind of fries your brain, doesn't yeah. it? Because you kind of expected in horror for it to go the other way, right? Oh, okay, the more I see of it, the more like even when we watched the descent, the more we saw of those creatures, the kind of less frightened you are of right. Them. But this just goes the other way, and it kind of like I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm just like, this is just like there's such a wrongness to it. It's yeah. not right. <laughs> it, it is literally like that almost um, dreamlike aspect where things obviously can crop up in your dreaming mind that are so fucked and unreal and like haunting. And more recently, those um, AI artworks yep. that um, Sean and I, you and I have been having a play with these things, mm. where like almost whatever prompt you give in is going to be, su- it's going to have some sort of like eldritch haunting, I can't quite get my brain around this element to it, which I think is kind of actually awesome, to be honest. Mm. But yeah, like, and I feel like this monster kind of had the same thing. Like you said, every time it, a new part of it got seen, it was another part where I kind of had to reconfigure my brain to go, what the fuck am I looking at right now? Yeah. It's yeah, it's really like that eldritch, inhuman kind of bizarre thing. It yeah. is very much, this, this creature feels like it is pulled out of the uncanny valley. Mm. And I think the reason it fucks with you once you see it is that it never completely makes sense to look at. Right. Like there are enough familiar elements of like horns or, or feet mm. or mm. like claws or talons or teeth. But they don't quite fit together, and yet they fit together. So every time it moves, it looks like it's just a new creature. Yeah, you never really get even even before you reveal it, you never really get a good bearing on what the fuck they're dealing with because you see like a little hand, and then yeah. you see like hoof prints, and then you see like horns moving. It's maybe the best designed thing we've ever had ever. Like I don't think I'm like the aliens in Alien are, are, are pretty iconic, but in yeah. terms of what it's the gold standard. Mm. This is, I think, the most cool monster we've ever yeah, had. Yeah, and I think it is those mashing together of bits in a way that actually works, like what you were saying just then, Tom. Like, even when they talk, there's that line like the eyes, and they mention the eyes, and you're like, hold on a second, we haven't even seen these fucking eyes. What are you talking about? It's got eyes as well. <laughs> those eyes are bad. And then yeah. you see the eyes, and they're real bad, and you're like, okay, I get it. Like, yeah, every time you think you've got a uh, sort of grasp on it, it does kind of throw something new. Like, even the fact that we'd seen the straw man version of it in that haunting cabin, which we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll get to in a sec. But you're like, oh, okay, it kind of must look like that. And you're like, no, no, that's, what, a fifth of the fucking thing? I don't even, I don't even know how to quantify this. Yeah, it's bad. Apparently, the eyes are, are visible 
sort of throughout the movie. Oh, just don't tell me that. Spots Sean, in the forest. Me the chills right now. Yeah, like if you were to freeze, if you were to freeze frame in the trees, you might oh, see eyes at some I've point. Stuff just like that. Yeah, I actually love. To be honest, I love hearing when films have those little oh. things in them. Like it could be anywhere at any time. Oof. I don't think I'll rewatch this movie, mm. but worth worth just noting because I don't know if we've said this yet. We all really yes, love we it. Yes, big fans, <laughs> yeah. big yeah. fans, big fans. Yeah. Well, let's let's jump yeah. into yeah. Obviously, we've talked the creature design because that that rules. Let's talk into the character design because I oh. think we all kind of agreed for a group of lads on a trip. They they nailed it. Like it had the exact right atmosphere, the banter between each other, the the conversation, the different character types you'd see in this group where they didn't all feel the same. They all felt kind of unique and there was like a bit of a hierarchy and yeah, this one's the leader, this one's a bit more of a follower, this one's the complainer. Like take the horror stuff out of it entirely. Just these like four characters, I'm like, oh, I know these dudes. Yep. Like I thought it was phenomenal. I think it's it's one of the best, again, I'm, well, I'm using a lot of, you know, I'm going a bit hyperbolic. Yeah, there we go. Hyperbolic, yeah. Hyperbolic. <laughs> hyperbolic. Hyper- See, when you say go big when you say hyperbole, that's how it should mm. be. But when you say right. like hyperbolic, it sounds like you should say hyperbolic, right? But that's not how you're supposed right. to say it. Anyway. Go smaller, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making some big statements here, but I think <laughs> it is the fastest, most efficient way to completely understand how these characters operate. I've never seen character work use such little time and space yep. to tell you everything you need to know about all of their... Di- there is, They are such an incredible group of people who are old friends who in 30 seconds you realise a bunch of them have kind of grown up, one of them kind of doesn't have his shit together, mm. one of them is the glue, and then they pull the glue out and put them in the woods. Yeah. And you're just like, that's great on its own. And then you add the layer that the reason the glue isn't there is because the one that they're kind of sick of fucks up. Yeah. Like, it's just yep. the tension that they layer into it on top of the tension of friends who are not really friends anymore, but have to be friends because they used to be like, again, and all in the space of what, like six minutes. Yeah. Max? Yeah. Well, like I, I, I might quickly just even describe that scene. Cause I think that opening is, is one of the best openings I've seen to a movie and it doesn't spoil anything. So basically the scene Tom's describing is these group of mates just at the pub and they're just planning their next lads trip. And some of them want to go to Vegas and have a rip roaring, good old school boys time because they're still immature and others are like, no, I'm just too tired for that. I've got the wife and kids at home, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, that's exactly what you're saying, Tom, with this this disconnect between those who are growing up and those who are in arrested development. And then one of them suggests that they go to Sweden for a hiking trip. The ones that are not ready, ready to grow up kind of laugh it off almost as a joke. And they kind of leave. And then the one who's laughed it off as a joke, who's least willing to um, grow up, who is, uh, who's the actor? Rafe Spall. Rafe Spall. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Rafe's ball. So they leave the pub. He's like, oh, I've got to go get a bottle of vodka or whatever from the bottle O. And so the other dude comes with him, the one who wanted to go to Sweden. And then in that moment, turns out there is someone robbing the place. Rafe's ball hides. He's sort of got a bottle, is ready to sort of attack, but never actually gets the courage to do so. And his mate ends up getting fucking... Oh, brutally clobbered over the head. Butchered. That's mm. so, yeah. Like for a horror, this is where we can bring the horror stuff back in because that was so well done. Whereas like, oh, it's that human horror element that is so terrible and is brought in within that first six minute sequence. So at the start, you're like, oh, cool. I know these guys. Oh, I see where the divide and the conflict is coming from. And then it's straight into that horrible human horror. This character could have done something kind of 
didn't, but maybe they were right not to because what if they just got killed as well? It brought so much into it. And then we cut from that to them doing the Swedish trip that that guy who is now dead suggested. Like, fucking round of applause. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. In in what Tom said, I think six minutes or so. Yeah, it's absurd. It's just absurd. crazy. And I think we, so we all watched it together and just sort of the air went out of the room a bit mm. because they're in the bottle they're having a laugh and then the camera cuts to the the girl working behind the counter who's on the ground and she's been like hit in the face yeah. and we were all like oh fuck they're getting into it so early. what the hell yeah. and the guys come in and it's almost that del toro-esque sort of brutal real world violence yes. where he just gets clubbed yes. and then he gets slashed in the face doesn't he I think no he just gets hit like twice with the baseball bat oh, okay. and then he's bleeding out and it's just it's horrible it's real yeah. brutal yeah and like it doesn't shy from it and then yeah so then we cut to them on this trip but even then, this is where the character work still maintains the high level of quality in that they're on this trip. There's obviously these underlying tensions of of the way this this the death of their mate has sort of is sort of this corrupting heart at the center of all four of these dudes that are left. But the way they sort of introduce each of the characters and their their place within this group is so well done. And like the banter between them is genuinely so great. There was one line. Um, there was just one line where like one of the dudes is like, Luke, my office. And they're just walking off to have a bit of a powwow because they're trying to sort shit out. And just like that felt so natural and organic and great. They do that a couple of times. And it's honestly, I love, I love it so much. Anytime it's like my office and they even, even when things have gone to shit, they're Mm. still doing that. They go off and have a chat in the office. Yeah. It's just, it's a really nice element. And again, if if you're telling a story where you have characters who've gone through this stuff and then put them in a situation where... They have to work together, mm. and it's like they don't like half of them don't like one another. Half of them think that that guy is it's his his fault for their mm. mate dying. Like the characterization, and then the scenario they throw them in. It's so good. It's so well done. And then you add scariest monster in history. <laughs> Fuck yeah! It yeah. you know it made, it made me think of the descent in that same way where you could remove the monster element and you've actually still got a great story and a, and a good film. Yep. Mm. You've still got these relationships being tested by a hardship, by a, by a journey through something bad. Yeah. You don't need to have a monster in it, but the monster on top of it just obviously adds the horror element to it. And it's just fucking horrific. Yeah, and really strong. And then uh, on the horror thing, I think something that we, we don't always see in horror movies where their reactions, the reactions of these characters to the horror element, to the unfathomableness of it, to the confusing out, like obviously if any of us were to actually experience these things, you just kind of wouldn't want to accept it. You couldn't accept it because it's so outside your purview of, of reality. And I think their reactions are so great, not only to their characters, but just to humans in general, where instead of screaming and like freaking out, they're trying to stay with it. They're trying to keep going. While also like they're trying to almost hold the two parts in tandem of we need to keep going, but also we experience something we cannot explain. And so like the dichotomy of that, but in each of the characters and the way it's expressed feels so real and organic to those characters and to how like even the three of us might react in that situation where it's like you know they're going along one's trying to keep a bit bantery and the other's like mate i pissed myself this morning because i had a nightmare that was so scary i'm not in the mood for this like and it just felt yeah really true to to characters and these these four characters in particular Mm -hmm. and then of course uh they it's the worst woods of all time they're fuck yeah so uh what what were you boys thinking when they Obviously, we've had that champ uh, injuries, injuries ankle, and they've got to cut through the woods. This is our obvious kicking the stones moment. What were our feelings when they were entering those woods? No. Turn it off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Pull the plug out of the TV just to be safe. Yep. Yeah, it was that. It literally was like a little sickening. And then I think the first thing we see is the carved runes in the in the trees. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Before we then see the deer, yep. yes, hung up way too high. Yeah, yeah. And I that was the first. Um, I even made a note of it because I think all three of us jumped. Oh yeah, because that's actually that brings me to something else I wanted to talk about is the sound design in this film. Oh, it is rude. too affecting. Yeah. It's r- yeah. rude. Yes, mm. well said, Sean. Um, and even like we had the subtitles on because because we're old men and cowards and we like that kind of shit. And the amount of times it said, <laughs> the amount of times it said ominous music. And I'm like, yes, that is the description of what we're currently experiencing. Can I talk about, just while we're on, this has nothing to do with this movie, but okay. I, the opportunity has arisen to talk about the best sub use of subtitles in anything ever. I've recently watched the latest season of Stranger Things. Right. And if you watch it with subtitles, you will occasionally get the beautiful subtitle, Tentacles Roiling Wetly. Oh, 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 that should be the title of yeah. a fucking book. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Put that on my tombstone. Just not my name or my date of birth or death. Just We will. Yeah. Thank Done. you. Parentheses, tentacles roiling wetly. Anyway. Well, look, this audio, this will count as your audio will. That's going to happen. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, well... Let's do the obvious question, but were we scared? Yep. 100%. Yeah. Hell yes. Big time. Yep. Yeah. So on that, I want to talk about what I... The whole thing is filled with dread and uh, that growing confusion that I talked about. But I think the scene that, that maybe was most affecting was the one where they're in that cabin. Yep. And obviously, Cabin in the Woods, a trope that's been done plenty of times, still effective, especially for, for scaredy boys. No no problem with them going for that trope. But I do think this this cabin was so... Well presented in the it it led up to first we didn't just see the cabin and that was sort of the scary thing we had those runes we had the stag in the tree and then we saw the cabin and this cabin looks like the exact sort of cabin you're like yeah we shouldn't go in there so already there's that element to it but they're they're staying in the downstairs area and one of them um, I can't remember which what his character name was goes upstairs to see the uh, what how would we describe that the sort of it's like a wicker man sort of yeah. Statue. Awful, I think, is the best <laughs> straw way. Straw statue sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, straw statue of like, 
I guess it's almost like the human part of the beast. But like we said, there's actually so much more to it than that anyway. I think it's Phil who goes up. She is. Yeah, it was Phil. It's it's Luke, Phil, Hutch and Dom. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, Hutch is the one who pees himself, right? Hutch is the one who seems like he is the most capable. Yes. And then- Dom is the um, Mm. Mr. I've injured my- I've hurt me leg- and um, Luke is Rafe's ball. Yeah. So, yeah, he goes up there. But the build-up to that, like, I, this is where I was feeling genuine dread and, and, and tension and suspense and all those horrible feelings that just make my guts go a bit queasy. Because him going up there is like, I know he's going to see something terrible. I know whatever he finds, I'm not going to like it. But again, like, knowing that didn't lessen it. It was only, like, amplifying and amplifying and amplifying. And, yeah, I've just, like, I, it was an experience that, like, during which I did not enjoy. But afterwards, I have to applaud because, yeah, super effective. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck the whole cabin. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just... It's... Uh, yeah. I don't even know what to say about it because... It's too scary. They've weaponized. <laughs> they've weaponized scares in this movie. Right. I'm. I'm honestly. I'm surprised we haven't heard more about this film. I, like, I don't know if it made much of an impact. Mm. Really. What's well, a Netflix job? So, did it come out in the cinemas? No, no. I think it's purely a Netflix book. Okay. From what I can. Yeah. Tell. Well, like the reviews that I've been reading is like a lot of people are sort of. Are applauding its the, its effectiveness and what it's doing, uh, but a few of them, the few of the reviews I've sort of said is like, oh, but it's it's not doing anything particularly new. Like what it's doing, it's doing really well. But this is a sort of story we've seen before, and so like part of me is like, okay, I can see where that point of view is coming from. I think the creature mm. is definitely something we have not seen before. So I on that end, I can't yeah. get on yeah. board. I, I don't know if I agree with that though. Like mm. oh, I agree with you. I mean, the the creature, yes, but also I think. I feel like I've seen this sort of thing before, but it doesn't have that sort of character complexity to it. It doesn't have the setup and all the emotional stakes and that sort of thing. It's more of just a like, I don't really care about these characters. Oh, but there's a very scary creature hunting them or whatever. But this is sort of working on very like various levels i think i yeah i have to agree and like even even just to cut back to that cabin scene it like it doesn't play out the way you might necessarily think where yeah it's creepy and they kind of know the cabin's a bit fucked and there's that horrible effigy in the attic but then to cut from that to like a literal nightmare sequence where they're all experience their own individual nightmares it kind of felt like we'd already had the scary thing and now we're going to have come daytime and things are going to be okay and instead it actually kicks off to like no now you are fucked Beyond repair, yeah. and like they kind of, you feel like the characters even kind of know it at that point. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's a movie where there is not a single safe moment to be had yes. the minute they step into that yes. forest. Like the night scenes, fucked because it's a spooky at night. But it's also the thing is stalking them during the day. The hands that peer behind the tree, Ugh. he sees during right. the day. Yeah, they run into that camp towards like dusk. Right. Like there is no kind of moment where like you know Blair Witch. You're safe during the day, yeah. kind of thing. Even though they can't leave and they can't escape, and it's awful. Yeah. As a viewer, you're safe. Yeah, nothing yeah. bad happens. There's no safety. The yeah. This is fucked. Yeah, can I, I'll say this: this movie can lick my bridge, <laughs> <laughs> which is my favourite line from the movie, and yeah. one I will use ad nauseum yeah. from this point on. No. This movie's too rude to deserve a treat like that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, let's jump to did our characters act wisely or foolishly? <sighs> they make so many dumb choices, but yeah, yeah, no, they make they make bad choices. Do they say in it that Dom has a history of being a bit of a whiner? Like, yes, yeah. So, which I my lo- first, I love yeah. that. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic! But my first instinct is to say 
don't listen to that idiot when he says he's, oh, my, my leg's a bit sore. Well, it's like, shut up. To man. be fair, though, he's actually right. You see later on, his knee is fucked. Yeah, this is what I like about this movie. Like, when they do show it and he's like, no, he's genuinely in, in terrible pain, is great because then they kind of did have to go in the woods. For going into the cabin, it is like torrential rain. Like, you understand, like, yeah. there is even the moment of like, Boys, are we really going to go in this fucking cabin? But it is pissing down. So, like, yeah, of course you would. Of course you would. So, like, I like that it gives you enough. Like, it really makes sure that it's it's giving you that problem that causes the reaction. Like, that re- reaction is yeah. a natural organic one that makes sense in the moment because the problem's so big. And at that point when they go in the cabin, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think at least one of them started to hear some noises and stuff around them, haven't they, at that point? Uh, Luke. Yeah, Luke has. So, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's, let's get mm. inside. Let's get out of the weather. Right. Let's just- Reset. So I can understand it, but yeah. Yeah. I cannot fathom going upstairs. Like, just don't do it, man. Yeah. Don't split up. Don't go upstairs. Don't look at that weird straw thing. Ignorance is bliss. Yeah. The real mistake they make, though, is then when they leave the cabin, Mm. old whiny guts is like, no, we're going to follow this path because there's a path. And Hutch is like, no, we should go northeast because if we go northeast, that's at least heading out of the woods. Right. And then the end of the movie... Hutch is right. Yeah. Rafe Spiles like, I can see the mountain we're aiming for mm. when he when he sort of runs yeah. ahead of the group to have a look because he sees the light. Yeah. yeah. They make some dumb choices early, but you know, they're forced they're not forced into going into the woods. There are other ways to do it and honestly, whiny guts, just cook him and eat him, I reckon. I yeah. Just say yeah. he fell down a crevice. Yep. He got yeah, him killed. I agree. And like especially the let's follow Donna party that boy. <laughs> <laughs> Donna party him. Hey, there it is. There oh, he we goes. got there. We found mm. it. Um, but yeah, I agree. Like, so the, between the three of us, we've done some level of of hiking. Sean, obviously, you've hiked over a good chunk of Nepal. I've done like Machu Picchu mm. in Peru and this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've been up the Yu Yangs outside Geelong. Tom's hit those uh, Yu Yangs. Tom Tom's hiked the uh, the city of Geelong. <laughs> yeah, no, I climbed a volcano once in Bali. That's uh, oh, that's a, beautiful. That's a trick. But like, yeah. so like for all those situations. If you just see a random track that isn't on your map that you have no awareness of, like. Why would you? I, I, it is unfathomable to me to follow what it could just be a goat trail. Like literally, an animal could have made like an animal mo- did make it. Yeah. It's a big fucking animal with the worst eyes you've ever seen. This is very true. <laughs> but yeah, the idea to just follow it because it's a path is ludicrous. Hmm. What are they? Are they thinking clearly well, at the time? Though? Just speaking from experience, like oh, okay, yeah. Like I, I got lost in Nepal. We followed. Yeah, wrong, we followed. <laughs> we followed the wrong that's, path. That's strengthening my argument, dude. <laughs> dumb people do dumb things. <laughs> we were. We had a day where we were supposed to just do two and a half hours, like a real gentle pace, yeah. and it ended up in like a nine-hour day because we got that fucking lost. We got saved by a goat herder. <laughs> oh, shit. So yeah, I can understand making a. Bad choices in the forest. Did that goat her to see you and just go, "You boys, yeah." Have it actually, yourselves. like in all seriousness, it happened several times mm. in that region where someone would just yell out, and that ended up being the signifier of like, "You are going the wrong way." You've yeah, <laughs> shit. okay, and then yeah, so it happened a few times. We got saved. See, yeah. th- these boys needed their goat herder. That's what they needed. They needed a goat herder. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> monster herder was the only thing <laughs> yeah. they had, and they were like, "Yeah, come into this barn. We're going to feed exactly. you." To that you know, the thing. monster is a herder because he just appears and that boxes them into you know going this way, that way, very and you get to where, where mm. they need to go. Yeah, that's very true. Oh, this movie. Uh, it's The other mistake they make, just mm. before we move on from this, the other mistake that they make is when 
Hutch is taken. And again, they're in a stressful scenario. And Luke's got the, you didn't do anything to help your mate looming over his head thing. But the fact that he just runs blindly into the woods after Mm. screams. And the fact that the other two follow him. Like, they leave all of their gear behind. They leave everything. But, like, it's just... Yeah, they they really fuck That's what you would do, though. Yeah, no, but that is what you would do. Like, this is the thing. This movie, the only mistake they make that is... But no, look, this movie, the, the characters do act foolishly. But it's it's cause and effect. They act foolishly because something yeah. happens. Because initially when Damon was like, did they act wisely or foolishly? I'm like, big idiots. Mm. But then it's kind of like everything they do, they're kind of being herded to do it by Yeah, you saying monster. that, I, that was a bit of a revelation for me because I hadn't really considered that. But especially like mm. even like you said, them running after- um, Hutch. Yeah, them running after Hutch and his screams. You're like, well, that's an- that's an honourable good thing to do. And if like I was in that situation and one of my friends is yelling at in pain, of course I wouldn't second guess. And then the fact that they can't find their camp again, is that because what you're saying, Sean, this beast is hurting them away from I it? I think, yeah. If they did even get close, would it not show up again and be like, no, 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 keep going to the to the camp yeah. where I, I, you're going to get sacrificed to me. So I think that's a great call. Yeah. Yeah. It's playing with its food for two hours of the, of the runtime, basically. Well, and also it doesn't want, it doesn't want to eat Luke. Yes. It wants him to join... It's like yeah, a church because yeah. it's a god, right? That's that's the idea behind it. It's an old god yeah. that is used to being worshipped. It wants people to worship it again. Son of Loki, is it not? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. Loki fucked a lot of things. I've read those <laughs> myths. He put his dick in anything. Gods <laughs> love to fuck. <laughs> but you're right because obviously we get that scene with Rafe Spall's character at the end where it just keeps, it's not trying to kill him, it just keeps pushing him down so it's kneeling. It keeps trying to make it kneel and kneel and kneel, yep. which was a great scene because obviously there's this big, horrible, terrible beast yet it still needs worship like i kind of love this this sort of um i'm gonna say dichotomy again of like this terrible thing that should not need anybody else but is so desperate for worship like i kind of love that this is a really interesting element between these sort of big magnificent god-like creatures and us where even though we need our gods they need us as well Mm. i always love it when stories play with that element yeah yeah now big big fan of that yeah it it has it has purpose it's not just hunting them to kill them it's like no no no. i need to be believed in yeah yeah, exactly. It, it wants just to. got low self esteem, guys. Just <laughs> yeah. someone to believe in it. Yeah, dude. Also, just another oh. thing that I really love about the movie is that anytime Luke's in the forest and it sort of cuts, it sort of the forest turns into the convenience store, into the bottle shop that mm. he was in again. Like mm, stuff yeah. like that. That's just really good. It's just clever. Yeah, it's great, and because it's playing into like the the beast is arguably is making him see these things, like is make is bringing this nightmare on, and I like that because again, it's adding into that element of the herding that you were talking about, Sean, and that yeah. this thing is has unfathomable powers which makes it more terrible but then yeah visually and story wise it just keeps reminding us what this character's experiencing this guilt is with him all the time yeah it sort of keeps going to these emotional beats which Mm. is like it's just good to see in this kind of film especially too when dom's basically in that sacrificial position is about to die the creature sort of presents itself as his wife rather than what it really is until it does until the visage of the wife disappears and it's just horrible yeah there's these little soft beats that are nice yeah, which I think some other horror movies forget about. Yeah, for sure. He's like, oh, once we're into the scary times, it's just scary times. It yeah. re- makes me think of that thing that Cass said when she guested on the show, where she's like, at a certain mm. point, every horror movie sort of, not every, but horror movies turn into action films. Yeah. And I think that would be the temptation with something like this. Turn Like once it turns in that third act into action, you forget about the emotional beats mm. and this movie doesn't. It does a really good job of it. Yeah, great call. Even when he gets out of the woods, he just kind of like screams like yeah. at the creature. He Yeah, it's, it's good shit. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, he just has to vent that emotion in that moment. Like, Mm. what else could you possibly do? And it's, again, like, 
This is where it feels you know, really organic. It's not like screaming and tears and sort of, I don't know, the usual horror tropes. It's these reactions that feel right for the situation. Yeah. It's like they're trying to stay brave, even though they're also acknowledging their terror. Like that, especially for people like us who do a podcast and we talk about how scared we are. That feels right to me. Yeah. It's nice to have that moment where he screams and it's like, you've conquered your fears and your cowardice and that sort of thing. Mm. But it's like, as soon as the credits roll, it's like, oh man, your life's fucked though. Like- <laughs> <You've> done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's he going to say to the, the families of his friends? Yeah. Oh, guess what? The rest of them are dead too. Yeah. Oh, I, I would literally just go live somewhere in Sweden and never come home again. I think that's that's the only he, way to play this. For all we know, he did not come home. He just walked in a direction and that was it. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, how would we do in this situation? Uh, terribly. <laughs> yeah. There's an inevitability to this, essentially. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'd love to not take the shortcut in the forest, mm-hmm. but we, we have to because of yep. the show. I mean, as soon as we see that... Is it a deer strung up? Right. Like, A, it's disturbing to see that, but also just the height of it. It's kind of like, well, how do they get it up there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Immediately yeah. you go, if humans have done that, how did they fucking do it? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't see any ladders out And also, here. I don't want to meet those humans. I don't want to meet those humans at no. all. Like, even if it wasn't a monster, if that's just some Swedish dudes in the woods being like, you would just put the deer in up here. No, thank you. <laughs> Fuck off. I like my Swedish to be chefs and I like them to make spaghetti. <laughs> Let me ask you this then. Can, if we went in, we, we go in, we kick the stones over, we enter the forest, we see the stag. Can we turn around and walk back the way we came? Can we go, oh, we made a oopsie, let's, let's undo this. Control Z. Are we allowed to do that? I'd like to. Yeah, me too, bro. Yeah, who's injured? Well, and why is it Tom? My, <laughs> my question to you, though, is is, is going at the woods. The, the woods is stone kicky. Sure. There's, there's stone kicky territory for the woods. My sort of question is, is are there actually three stone kicks. The first one is going into the woods. The second is we go into the cabin. And the third is we choose the path. Yeah. Because I feel like going into the woods, seeing the deer, we could just be like, yeah. and we're leaving. We can do that, right? I think so. And then Tom's injured. We leave him okay. up on the nice little grassy hill. And one of us guns it yeah. for two days or whatever it is to the town and sends back help. Damo, not Sean. I, 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 want, I want it to be Damo, purely because, Sean, there's a right. high chance you take the wrong path and a goat herder has to redirect you. Yeah. And the only goat yeah, herders yeah, yeah. anywhere near us are herding eldritch terrors. So it's I'm true. a big stick to the path, boy. We know this now. <laughs> so, yeah. Damo and I would rock, paper, scissors to see who gets to leave your company and, um, and go and get help. <laughs> Rude. Yeah. The only worry, though, is that I'm then on the mountain by myself and there's a chance... No, no, the, you're with one of us. Yeah, but there's a chance the creature comes in and is like, Hey, do you want to worship me? And I'm like, you just need a friend to believe in you. I'm on board. I don't think I don't think he can come out of the forest. No, I don't think so either. No, it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. Can it can it whisper to Tom from the forest? Probably. I do like the idea of your desire to be supportive is your undoing. I think that's great. Yeah, yeah. But believe in me. Okay. What if no, here we go. We say we do all the things and we end up in that camp and they're like, the gods like, oh, I need someone to believe in me. Right. But like, yeah, we'll believe in you. Have you heard of mega churches, my dear? <laughs> Horrific. Nor Swedish abomination. We basically make a mega church for a Norse god. We're the Hillsong, but for a son of Loki. <laughs> okay. We cash in on the Marvel thing. We go to we go to a few, huge war with Disney. We sue them. We win. 
because we find that our creature predates any of their IP. Right. And with that money, we create a mega church for this creature. We show him that there are other ways to be believed in. He doesn't have to be all murder all the yeah, time. We're dead long before that. <laughs> <Surely>. <laughs> well, I think two of us are. We now know which of the three of us got the mark on their chest because it's obviously Tom. Welcome to my church, boys. It's good. And I also love that you're like, not only when it says Neil, you say, okay, you're also like, hey, by the way, I can get like millions of other people to kneel with me. It's just misunderstood. That's it. That's all I'm saying, guys. <laughs> the only other thing I would say is if we do go to the next kicking of the stones and we stay in that cabin, right? we all have our nightmares, our different mm-hmm. nightmares. That next morning, that's enough of a, like, a what level of scare do we before we commit to burning the whole forest. Oh, I reckon the next morning. Yeah, Yeah. because after the nightmares, I think we go, this is fucked. Just set the whole thing on fire, I think. And then hopefully help will come. I have to agree with you because the straw man effigy, here's the thing about straw, highly flammable. Mm. Burn it. Burn the shit. What gets to us first, the monster or a (laughs) helicopter to help us? I think the monster. I think we die. I think we're dead. Yeah, I think so too. Sean, at the start of this year, you said we were never going to die. That's true. So Luke survives. So one of us survives. I think it's me. Yeah, I think so too. (laughs) (laughs) I I also think that, you know, as we've we've established any time of, you know, oh, we're we're dead. I think you established, Sean, that we're fucked on this in the same way that we're fucked in Sinister. There is an inevitability about it. Yeah. That's a great point, actually. Here's a clause in my contract. <laughs> Hold on. We can introduce clauses? Yeah. When there's a film that has this inevitability, like Sinister, uh-huh. like this, it doesn't count overall for the year of fear if I've died in this <laughs> okay. film. Because I think okay. we all die. <laughs> yeah. But anyone would have died. There's no actual way. Except for the way presented in the film where one of the characters lives, Sean. Again, that could be me. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be Demo, Tom. I know it's not you. <laughs> it's it's abs- I'm still alive. I just live forever in a church yeah. in the woods. If the beast has chosen Tom, I think Tom kneels and Tom gets to live forever, I guess, because that's the deal, right? You get to live forever if you kneel. And I'm like, hey, creature, have you heard of Twitter? I reckon we could get your bunch of followers real easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, that is all the scary talk we have for this episode. I've been Damien. I've been Sean. And I've been Tom. And if you scary listeners have any comments about this episode, or would like to say hi, you can email us at 3 at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at scaredyboys or individually, I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Carney from 55. And you can find me at Awkward Treat or at uh, Evil Son of Loki Monster Man. Uh, follow him, he needs followers. Give him some follows, give him some hearts, give him some retweets. Worship that boy! <laughs> <laughs> Stay scared, everyone. He put his dick in anything. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 